Welcome to episode number 271. Today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you the things that you need to do now in order to be prepared for the second wave of COVID. Now, I know there are lots of opinions floating out there about the pandemic and COVID, but regardless of what you believe it to be or not, we are still living with the effects of it. I live in Washington state where at the time of this recording, it is still summertime and we are in phase two, but there still are restrictions. And when we were in phase one, there were lots of restrictions and I have a feeling as we move into what is a normal, typically time frame for a cold and flu season normally, that regardless of what we feel about COVID-19 and the whole pandemic, that we will be, see those restrictions come back like they were in the early spring when all of this really began. So I felt the need to preface with that. But first, let me welcome you to the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, a fifth-generation homesteader who got back to her roots of using simple, modern homesteading for a healthier and more self-sufficient life after a cancer scare in my late 20s. This is the place for you, my friend, if you sometimes wondered if you weren't born 100 years too late. If you've always thought that you and Laura Ingalls would be best friends, and if you think that every home and kitchen would be better if they were filled with mason jars and cast iron and those things were used daily with homegrown and homemade food. If that is you, then welcome home and welcome to this amazing community of modern pioneers. Now, I wanted to share something really fun with you that we are doing during the month of September. During the month of September, if you leave a review of this podcast, and it can be on whatever app you're listening to it, if it's on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Stitcher is the one that I use because I don't have an iPhone. I'm not one of those cool kids. Whatever app you're on that allows you to leave reviews of the podcast, leave a review of the podcast. And then this is the important part. Take a screenshot. Take a screenshot of your review. Share it on Instagram or Facebook. But make sure that you direct message me with that screenshot. The reason for that is because I'm going to put you into a drawing and we're going to do a giveaway for anybody who does this in the month of September. But you have to take a screenshot of it because when you leave a review, I, as a podcast person who reads your reviews, I have no way of knowing who you are or how to contact you. But if you direct message me on either Instagram or Facebook, then I can reply back to you there and let you know if you are the winner in order to get your shipping address. So this is how it's going to go down. For the month of September, we are going to do a giveaway at the end of September. But every single week when we air a new episode, leave a review and you'll be entered to win your a copy of one of my books. So you can choose if you already have the Made From Scratch Life and Handmade, be a copy of my newest book, The Family Garden Plan. or or if you happen to have all three of my books already, guess what? I've got something new coming out this fall that you're going to want to have your happy little hands on. And so you can go in a drawing to win one of those as soon as it releases. How's that for like teaser crypting this? I feel like I was doing pretty good there. 
So leave a review, take a screenshot of it, share it on your Instagram or Facebook, and then make sure that you message me just that screenshot, that little picture of your review so that I can enter you into the drawing. And we'll announce the winner the very first week of October. And it'll be from everybody who does that in the month of September. So I'm super excited. I hope you're excited too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But now let's get to the topic at hand. So these are the things that my family is personally doing and we have been doing to prepare for the second wave of COVID. And I'm going to preface this with saying that even if I hope we don't have a second wave. I hope we don't go back to any of those crazy phases. I hope this is all said and done and we have a awesome, normal fall and winter. And if that happens, all of this stuff that we're doing that I'm going to share with you right now is going to serve my family. It will not be wasted. It won't be a loss. And I'll still be glad that we did it. But if we do go into that second wave um, where I live in Washington state, we've our governor at the moment has pretty much already said the first part of October that we will begin to go back to some of those things. Then I'm going to be really, really, really happy. And you will too, that we've taken these measures. Okay. Let's dive into it. First up is food supply, right? The food that we have on the shelves. Many of us During March, when the pandemic really began to hit, we saw things wiped out. Of course, toilet paper now lives in like infamy, right? Of not being available. I do have a blog post, which in today's show notes, you can get at melissakinoris.com forward slash 271 because this is episode number 271, melissakinoris.com forward slash 271. I will have links to all of this stuff. However, I have a post on what you can do for alternatives to toilet paper. Hopefully that won't be an issue this time around, but everybody was taken surprised by that, right? There wasn't toilet paper. Yeast was a big thing. No, any, not, oh my goodness, words aren't coming out. (laughs) There was no yeast to be found. Flour was even hard to come by. There was lots of different of those staples things that for probably at least six weeks, it was kind of hit or miss if you were able to get your hands on any. Now we've got sourdough starter, which you don't need to have any store-bought yeast. You just have flour and water. You can create your, you're capturing your own wild yeast and doing sourdough, which became very popular. I've got a whole free video series that shows you how to make a sourdough starter with just water and flour and how to create lots of delicious foods from that. We've already been doing sourdough for many, many years. And I know many of you have too, or this was really the push to use it even more and develop more of your recipes and things you were making or your family from your sourdough. So some really good things that actually came from this. But I'm leading into this with your food supply because we saw already there were limited things on hand. We saw shortages of meat. There wasn't meat available. So right now, at the time of this recording, we haven't really seen any of these shortages. So to be ahead of the game, our goal is to have five to six months of all of these food supplies on hand. Now, if at the first of March, when this really started to impact most of us, it's almost been six months. So you should have a pretty good idea if you bought things in the beginning of March, if you've went through it all or not. And if you have, how much have you been having to buy? How often have you had to replace it? That should give you a very good feel for how much you need to have on hand for five to six months. I have a YouTube video and a podcast on what you should have in your pantry, at least 15 things that kind of goes over in more detail what we have on hand and how much. And again, I'll have that linked if you want to check that out in more detail. 
But for us, it's making sure definitely on our wheat berries and our flour, sugar, salt, baking soda, baking powder, popcorn, butter, fats and oils, different forms of sugar, vinegar, honey, those things that aren't like meat and produce that I am growing and raising and putting up and preserving ourselves. I don't need to purchase that in bulk for the most part from other places, but things that we aren't easily growing here. Now, I have found a wonderful source for getting those items in bulk. Many of you have probably heard of them. I had never started using them though until this past spring, and that is Azure Standard. You can go and check them out. You can use my link, which is melissakanorris.com forward slash Azure, or there's a link in the show notes, which if you use that link and you're new to them, thank you so much. If you decide to place an order, I get a small credit, but regardless, I would recommend them no matter what. What I love about it is it really is allowing me to not impulse shop and it's allowing me to really see what we have and it opens up the door to so many more different items. I can get things in bulk there that I've never found even at Costco or other places online. And if I have, it's often better prices. A bag of spelt wheat berries organic through Azure Standard is half the price that I've ever found anywhere else. And you can get things in small quantities. You can get them in like 5, 10, 25, 50, or even larger pound bags, which I've never had that option with a lot of things before. Now, I will say just like anybody else, there has been times where I put things on my order and it hasn't been in stock. And that is kind of the reality where we're at. But most of the things that I have been ordering have been in stock and have shipped out. Usually I'll do an order and maybe one or two things won't be in uh-huh. stock, but I'll get everything else. They're experiencing all the demands of you know COVID and the pandemic too, but they're a family-owned company. They will use different farms from smaller family-owned companies. And I really like being able to support smaller companies that also support smaller farms, et cetera, with my spending dollars rather than large companies. One, I'm getting better deals. A lot of their produce is organic, non-GMO, whole food stuff that really fits in with our lifestyle. Prices are great. I think this has been the thing that I've liked the most though, you guys, is I placed my order and you, you'll go to their website if you're not a member and mostcanars.com forward slash Azure. You'll go to the website, you'll put in your zip code and your address, and it'll tell you your drop zone in the day. So you place your order online, you pay for it online, and then they have a truck that once a week, in most cases, your drop zone, you'll have one day a week where your order will come and you'll go there and you will pick it up. But the great thing is, is it's all packaged. It's ready to go. I don't have to wear a mask. I just go to where my drop zone is at the time. Mine is comes in a, a truck, a refrigerated truck. I go to the address, I lift up the back of the truck, I go in, I put my stuff in my car or my truck, and I come home. I love not having to stand in line. I'm not impulse buying by things that just happen to be there. And I really love not having to wear a mask or deal. I found the less time I spend in the city where we are having to wear a mask and do the social distancing, regardless of how you feel about it one way or the other, it takes a mental toll on me. I'll be honest. I didn't realize that it did. And I really didn't think it affected me until I noticed when I was going to town and, you know, remembering to take my mask in because it's not habit for me really to grab it out of the car with my wallet and my keys every time I go into a store. Um, 
And just seeing everybody in mass and not being able to see smiles and expressions or having people act oddly. Maybe you haven't experienced that where you live and for that, be thankful. But we have here. There's some stores more so than others. It's kind of weird. And I didn't realize that until after I went a few times, I'm like, it does. It did affect me. Like I felt kind of down and weird on the way home. And I love being able to not have to feel that way and to just be able to go and get my stuff for all of those reasons. So highly recommend that. Plus, it's great because you can look at your past orders and the pounds. And if you're almost out, it'll really help you calculate out. Okay, I ordered this so many weeks ago, so many months ago, and now we're almost out. So I would need to get two of these to take us through this amount of time. So that's how I've been managing and making sure, like I said, our goal is at least five to six months. Pretty much of all of the things we're not able to produce on our homestead already to make sure that we've went all the way through. And we would be limited on things like milk. We don't have a dairy source. I do have some powdered milk and you can freeze some milk to a degree, but fresh milk would probably be the thing that we would miss. And cream, oh, and cream, this girl takes full cream in her coffee. Just just putting that out there. I am a brevet kind of girl. But other than that, we're pretty well stocked for what we use. Now, the other thing is there is still time to put up food. If you, and there are some things that you can still get seeds for, which kind of rolls into my next two tips. One, nobody really knows what the seed supply is going to look like. We all we have us go by is based on what happened in the spring and throughout the summer. And a lot of seed companies couldn't keep up with orders. They would stall. No more orders would be able to come in until they had fulfilled with it or they were sold out of certain things. More people are gardening and preserving than ever before. I'm sure you've noticed that it can be hard to come by canning lids, canning jars, as well as pressure canners and even water bath canners. All of those foods, preserving supplies and growing supplies have been in high demand, which is actually a beautiful thing. It means more and more people are growing and preserving their own food, which is good. But as that growth happens, it's causing some hiccups and a little bit of stress for some of us. Order all of your garden seeds now. I have ordered all of my garden seeds that I could from what we're not seed saving ourselves. We do a ton of seed saving. So a lot of my seed supply is just being renewed by my own garden this year. But there are some things that we don't seed save our own yet. I made sure that I have ordered all of my garden seed for next spring and next summer. So that means when I'm seed starting my peppers and my tomatoes and all those things that I seed start in usually February, March here for me with my frost dates, I've already got all that stock in hand. I would not wait. And here's the thing, guys, your garden seed, even if it's packed for this year, 2020, it is going to germinate and come up just fine for you six months from now in 2021. The only seed that really doesn't last more than a year is onion seeds. Now, not onion sets, but the actual onion seed, the little tiny seed that you're starting They have a really low germination rate. And if you go beyond a year, they don't really do so well. But aside from them, everything else will be just fine if you order it now and you plant it next year. The more years that you go or the older the seed, the further out, it does begin to drop in germination rate. So meaning the first year you would maybe have, say, 95% germination rate, almost all that germinates. This second year, you may see that drop a little bit, maybe only 90% and so on and so forth. But I have beet seed, you guys. It's 2020 that I just planted that was packed for the year 2017. And you want to know what? Almost all of it germinated. Now, 
I kind of go by the rule, the smaller the seed. So like lettuce seed, those usually like two years, you can hit three years and they start to really go down. But for all of your larger seed, like your squash and your beets and radish and really even brassicas, like I've, I will double or triple plant if it's really old, just to take into consideration that it might not all germinate and then thin it out. But I've had pretty good success with older seed. It does depend on how you store it. It needs to be cool, out of direct sunlight, etc. No moisture, right? But that's my that's what we're doing. I don't want to take a chance of not having garden seed next year. I don't know what it'll bring. And I don't have to worry about it if I get it all now. Then I just got it on hands and it won't go to waste. Now, as far as what are my favorite seed companies, yes, I have a post and a podcast episode on that that I will link to in today's show notes so you can check out all of my sources and I list multiple ones in case some of them may be sold out of certain things that between the list of all of them, you should be able to find everything that you need. Now, preserving. You still have time to preserve a lot of food. And even if you're not growing it yourself, if you can get it now, it may even be the grocery store. It could be local farmers. It could be a CSA, whatever, a roadside stand, wherever you find fresh produce. Now is the time, if you haven't been, to get it preserved up. I want to make sure we've done more preserving this year and growing than we have any other year. And I want to make sure that we have food on our shelf. That doesn't necessarily come from places like I shared in my bulk buying that I have control over. So in the fall, you still have plenty of time to get winter squash. You can cure your winter squash. You can pressure can your winter squash. You can freeze your winter squash. I've not dehydrated winter squash, though. I'm sure that you could. So there's lots of ways to preserve it, but it'll last actually for months on the shelf if you cure it right. And yes, I do have steps for you on curing. And it's also in my book, The Family Garden Plan, on which crops can be cured and should be cured for long-term shelf stability. You can still in the fall get fall fruits, things like apples. You can get lots of apples. Those can be preserved in a number of different ways. Sometimes you'll still get beans, tomatoes, depending on where you live. The first part of September and on throughout it, you can still get a lot of those summer crops even. And of course, as we move into, like I said, more of those fall crops, brassicas, all of those types of things. But anything that you can get your hands on for a good price, I would consider doing and putting up to have throughout the rest of the fall and winter. Animal feed. If you have livestock, Usually during the winter months, even if they're grass fed, you're going to be feeding them some type of feed. We do with our cattle. We always buy our hay in advance. We've got all of our hay put up. But even think about your cats, your dogs, of course, your chickens and your pigs. Usually in the winter months, like I said, even if they're free range or foragers, there's not as much available for them. So you're going to be supplementing with feed more so than you were in the summer. Make sure, if at all possible, that you have feed on hand. We go to our local granary. We have a local granary. It's about an hour away from us. It's Conway Feed, if you happen to live in my area. And they have super sacks that we get. And so we're getting, which they're about five to 600 pounds that we get for our pigs. And they have organic, which is all that I get. And then I'm getting my dog food and my chicken feed. And I'm buying up enough bags to take us through at least three months. Storage can be an issue. I know if you don't have storage space, we live in a manufactured home. I don't have a basement. I don't have a garage and I don't even have a barn. But I do have some areas. We have a storage container that I can put extra chicken feed in. So I'm just buying extra bags so that we're set. Same with the dog food. And then I don't have to worry about it. 
other things I want to make sure we have on are cleaning supplies. We all saw toilet paper, as I mentioned, was a hot commodity. I want to make sure I've got enough of our laundry soap, obviously hand soap. I do make a lot of our own bar soap, so don't buy bar soap, soap soap that we use to wash our hands and our bodies and the showers and baths and all that kind of thing. I already have enough supplies on hand, but I need to make sure, do I have enough oils? Do I have enough lye, et cetera, to make these, which I do. So that's something you want to check. Make sure you've got all of your base supplies if it's things that you make. But there are some things that I don't make. In the past, I've made our own laundry detergent, but I usually would alternate it. If you use it too long, I felt like it did build up somewhat and didn't clean maybe as well. So I would alternate it. And I have to be honest, sometimes I am just so busy that just taking the time to make the laundry soap, I decide not to do. I would rather purchase it. But having all of this stuff in bulk, storage gets to be an issue. Like if you're having six months of everything, where are you going to store it? As I shared, we live in a manufactured home. I don't have a ton of space to begin with or square footage. I found a company and they have laundry detergent, laundry rinses. They have great bleach alternatives, enzyme stain removers. They're really cool. I just started using them about a month ago and testing out their stuff. And I love it. And here was the big kicker with this one. My husband doesn't really care how natural it is if it doesn't work as good. And he loves the scent of scented like fabric softener. He likes the clothes to smell not just clean, but he likes that scent. I am more concerned about not using synthetic fragrances and dyes and all those types of things. I want to make sure that it's paraben free, you know, all of the things that we don't, well, I shouldn't say we, I don't want it. I want it to be as natural as possible. Well, we usually battle because I'll buy the natural stuff and he doesn't think it works. And so he'll just go and buy his own stuff that we use. And I just wash his clothes by themselves because I don't want it on mine and the kids's. And it works. We pick our battles. Amen. Pick your battles. But this company sent me their items. And what's really cool is you get a wash rinse, which is basically the wash rinse is basically like you would put in your fabric softener dispenser. And then they have like their regular laundry soap. Then they have stain removers. They have brighteners. But you guys, it's all green. And the really cool thing, this is the thing I'm excited about. Well, two things. One, they have unscented and scented. So I got some of the scented for my husband, which smells really good and uses natural fragrances. And he liked it and he could smell it on there. Not overpowering because like synthetic perfume stuff gives me a headache, to be honest. I guess I'm sensitive to it, but it really does give me a headache. I can't wear perfume. I even have to be careful with certain essential oils will give me a little bit of a headache if it's too strong. But he really loved it. He liked the scent and he's like, oh, finally, there's one we can agree on. The other cool thing, and the reason I'm sharing this with you is because you can get them, they all do refill pouches. So you only get the container one time. Yeah, one time. And then you get a small pouch that is a packet of super concentrated that you pour into the container and you just add your water to. So I can store literally, you guys, literally months of laundry detergent, months of laundry rinse, all the things. They have hand soap, all these things in these little pouches. Like I could months for my family of four in like a shoebox size of all the things. How cool is that? So you can go and check them out. This is my affiliate link, melissaknorris.com forward slash green fills. 
And it's pretty awesome. I don't have to worry about throwing away all this, you know, big plastic jugs of holding everything. Really cool. You can go and check out all of the things that they have. Been very, very happy with them. And they've been very effective both in the cleaning abilities and also smelling good, which is apparently high on my husband's list, not as high on my list. (laughs) So you can go and get those. But that is a way that I can make sure that we are stocked up on all of that stuff and have the room to do it and also feel good about it, that it's good things for my family and the environment as well. Now, the other thing is we're moving, obviously, into cold and flu season. We got to talk medicine. I am making sure. Now, if you are on prescription medication, also see if you can get a three-month supply. Some insurance companies, depending on the medication, if it is a controlled substance, you probably can't get three-month supplies. You may be held to the one-month supply. But as a pharmacy technician, (laughs) most of your medications, especially your standard ones that you're on chronically, you can get a three-month supply of them. So look into that if you're currently just getting one month and see if that's something so that you have that on hand. I recently got off of the only prescription medication I was on was Armour Thyroid because I had hypothyroidism, low thyroid, and I have healed enough that I have been able to get off of it, which I'm just ecstatic about. So this is the first time that I've not had to think ahead and make sure that I have that on hand, which is pretty awesome. That's a whole nother podcast though. (laughs) So think about that. Other things of, of course, is natural herbs and medicine is what we use in our medicine cabinet, but I do make sure that we have some Tylenol on hand. If we have super high fevers for fever reduction, my daughter has a blood clotting disorder, so she can't take Advil whereas the rest of the family can't. So I make sure that I have acetaminophen, which is generic Tylenol, and I make sure that we have Advil, which is ibuprofen, on hand just for certain times when we really need them, like migraine headaches or high fevers. Those will bring them down. But pretty much everything else that we use during cough and cold and flu season are natural remedies which means I either need to be growing those herbs and making sure I have them harvested or I've got the supplies on hand and those herbs on hand to make all of the things that we use. Now, I'm going to be doing a herbal challenge and a free herbal class the end of September as we gear up for cold and flu season. And I'm also going to be having a very detailed course on it inside the Pioneer to the Academy. And we'll be opening up for new members this fall, but I'll have some free resources as well and some free classes you can go through because I know a lot of people want to make sure you're overwhelmed with what, with herbs, like what works, what do I, what's going to be harmful, what's going to be good. Just making sure that you're staying safe and knowing what to choose and what to use in one instance. Because we're not really educated about that very much anymore. It used to be, you know, most houses had a apothecary kitchen or outside growing garden, like an herbal, herbal garden is what I'm trying to say. I don't know why that came out so garbled. <laughs> My thoughts are jumping ahead. And it, you knew as it was something that was taught, you would go out and you would use this for that. And it was things that were grown that would grow in your area. Maybe it was wild crafted or, or foraged. But that has really been lost over the past few generations. So it's something that's really near and dear to my heart because it's something that I have had to educate myself on and learn about as I treat myself and my own family. And I come at it from the background that I want to know 
all of the contraindications. I want to know how this interacts in the body and how this works and when you shouldn't use it, which I have to because, as I said, my daughter has a blood clotting disorder and there's lots of things that she cannot use and I have to be very aware of that. So if that's something that you have a desire to learn more about, I'm going to be offering some really cool things coming up. So stay tuned. But one of the things that I would definitely make sure you have on hand is raw honey and elderberries. Elderberries have great antiviral properties. They have immune boosting properties. And so I've got my elderberry syrup, which does need to be prepared in a specific way to make sure that it doesn't make anybody sick. But you can get that recipe. I'll have it linked to in the show notes as well as supplies. If you don't have elderberries growing yet on your own place, my favorite supplier. And you can get that at mostcaners.com forward slash 271, which is part of today's show notes. Other things to have on hand, family games and maybe musical instruments. Basically, as we move into cold and flu season, the days are getting shorter which means the nights are getting longer. It's going to get dark earlier. There's going to be less that we can do outside and there's less places that we're going. So we definitely want to make sure that you've got something on hand to keep everybody occupied. So we make sure that we have family games. We got some, we love to play cards. Actually, we do a lot of card games. We've got different board games. Musical instruments can be a great way to pass the time. Also doubles as homeschool learning. So that can be fabulous. And then your crafts. So I am a big sewer, quilting, crocheting. I'm going to be teaching my daughter how to do embroidery this year. But that means I need to make sure I have on hand the supplies to do it. And fabric is actually a little bit tougher to come by right now. and seems to be a little bit more expensive, I think, because everybody's been purchasing it to buy masks. Um, my sister also said she had heard that some of the manufacturers can't operate at full capacity right now with all of the pandemic rules and regulations. And that's another reason that we don't have as much. So if you're planning on doing any of those types of crafts, making sure that you've got those supplies on hand now is a really good idea. Those are the steps that we are taking. I hope that you have found them helpful and I can't wait to see all of your reviews and entries to win one of my books including the chance to win my newest one that is going to be coming out. I'll be back here with you next week. Blessings and mason jars for now. Mm-hmm.